Welcome back to Clydesdale Media, where we bring you the best from the world of CrossFit. Podcasts, news, special interest, health, fitness. If you like what you hear, hit that subscribe button. Hit the notifier so you're the first to know when we have new episodes. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Clydesdale Media Podcast. My name is Scott Schweitzer. I'm the Clydesdale. I am so honored and privileged to have my guest with me, Jack Farlow, a qualifier for the Rogue Invitational. But we've got a lot to talk about, Jack. It's been about six months since I talked to you last. Yeah, definitely. uh, Lots new since then. So yeah, excited to get into it. So we talked right before Atlas Games. Um, Last year, you finished 19th at Atlas. This year, you go into Atlas. It's in person. Um, and you finished ninth. So a pretty good improvement. How do you feel about how you did it, Atlas? Uh, yeah, when you put it that way, I guess it sounds pretty good. Um, I guess going into it was maybe hoping for a little bit more. Um, I feel like I kind of succumbed to external pressure a little bit, like driving up there, like you know, I'm looking at uh, what some like analyst people are saying and kind of letting that get to my head in a good way or a bad way. So, uh, yeah, whatever, whatever happened at Atlas happened. I mean, um, I honestly just don't think I was ready to be in that top five this year. So um, that's all right. I learned a ton from Atlas more than any other comp I've really done. So kind of just taking that with me and a better athlete for it. So what's the hardest aspect of that? The external expectations or you have big time strengths um, and you have some holes that you still need to fill. So it gives you kind of like a rocky, a rocky competition where you're up and down. Is that harder to deal with or the external pressure? Uh, definitely that kind of roller coaster is tough. Um, you know, not doing well in one event, it's really easy to kind of ride that wave and stay down there. Uh, but then also when you do well in an event, you kind of just got to let that one go too and just focus on the next. So really in both areas of that, um, after the first event, I was kind of over the moon and then the second event rolls around and now I'm down in the slump. So, uh, it's kind of just both ways, just saying even keel through the competition. Uh, once it kind of got started, I feel like I kind of cleared that mental headspace of what other people thought. And I was just there for myself at that point. So. Definitely that roller coaster is a bit more difficult to navigate. So I read one of your coaching profiles and it said, if you could describe yourself in a hashtag, you said hashtag mindset matters. Mm. So I think that is really big um, considering what we just talked about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. uh, Especially for me, just having confidence is like so big. Uh, I feel like at certain points of last year, I was either riding this high of like, I can't be beat or feeling like I was really lagging behind in certain areas. Um, And the nice thing about this year so far is that doing all those things that I've kind of fell short in last year just helps me build confidence. So going into actually this last week in competition, um, there are a lot of areas there that I've been really putting in work on. So um just knowing that I've been doing that, I went into that competition saying, yeah, I like I'm ready for this. And um, definitely having that confidence, that mindset helps. 
Do you look anywhere externally for mindset help or is it something you just do on your own? Um, I've definitely tried. Um, like I feel like there's some good, whatever, Instagram accounts, things like that. Um, just hearing other athletes too, how they kind of go about it. But I feel like for the most part, I mean, I've been doing kind of competitive exercise for like a fair number of years now. So you kind of know what, what mindset works for you, what doesn't. And that was probably drawn off of little bits and pieces of a lot of people. So you spent a lot of your life playing hockey. Mm-hmm. Is the mindset different playing hockey than it is doing this? Um, yeah, I would say so, especially just that team sport. Uh, you can kind of like, you know, things might happen in that game that are completely out of your control. I mean, everyone always says that about CrossFit. Um, but I mean, if you get like a bad no rep call, had you locked that out a little bit more, you probably wouldn't have gotten that. So sure, a bit outside of your control, a bit inside your control, but especially in a team sport, like you're on the bench two thirds of the game. So you kind of just have to let whatever happens happen. And if you mess up, someone else might be there to kind of pick up your slack. So uh, just a lot more pressure, but I also feel like it's a lot more rewarding when things go right, uh, that it's kind of just all you in that regard versus the team winning. Did that take an adjustment for you to go from team sport to individual sport? Um, I wouldn't say so. I mean, when I started CrossFit, Um, it kind of started as a, let's train for hockey type thing. Um, but very quickly turned into me enjoying that individualized, um, CrossFit as a sport more than hockey. I actually remember one time in a playoff game, uh, we were the first seeded team in hockey playing against the eighth. So like, should be an easy win. And it was looking for a second there, like, like we might be, uh, might've lost, but I remember just being on the bench and thinking like, well, he opens a month away, at least I'll get some training in. So uh, for me, it was kind of easy to make that switch. Uh, we actually ended up winning that game and we went all the way, all the way. So, um, yeah, it was just a funny story there, but yeah, not, not a big deal to switch really. So there was a point where you just, you didn't have the passion for hockey that you had for CrossFit. Mm-hmm. If you're thinking about the open on the bench of a hockey game, it probably shows where your mind's, your mind is now. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, very soon kind of realized that I enjoyed CrossFit a little bit more not to say I didn't like hockey by any means. Um, but thankfully it kind of got to the point I was old enough in hockey where it's like, if you're not going to be doing anything with it, um, in terms of a career, it's probably time to, to take a step back. So that was luckily a good transition into CrossFit for me. Um, I was playing hockey at a pretty high level, um, and then just moved way, way down to like a house league, play with some friends just once a week. And that's when I kind of put more of my, more of the marbles into CrossFit. And your, your parents and family supported the move. Yeah. I mean, um, like what's it to them for me to, to go to the gym? Um, I was definitely inspired by like some of my older siblings to kind of get into CrossFit in the first place. And then as soon as I started competing, uh, they were nothing but like all, all on board to, to support me at competitions. I feel like for my parents, it took a little while to kind of understand that training was a year round thing that we did just so that we could compete like at this one point of the year. Um, and I feel like even just now they're kind of realizing like, okay, this is like a, a full-time thing. And then doing this all year round allows us to have these like fun times at an Atlas or, or soon to be rogue or those kind of things. So 
they're definitely getting more and more on board. And then a lot of my older siblings, like they got me into CrossFit. So they kind of knew what it was all about before me. Do any of your older siblings compete? Uh, no, no. Um, yeah, back in the day, a couple of them were super into it. Now they kind of just work out for fun every now and then. But uh, no, they've probably done a local comp here and there, but nothing, nothing crazy. Yeah. So what was it like for your parents when you made the CrossFit Games as a teen? Yeah, that was um, that was an interesting time. Um, again, they didn't really understand even like the qualifying process at that point. Um, my brother-in-law, he kind of was my coach back then. He didn't do any of my program or anything, but uh, whenever a competition would roll around, he would always kind of step in and fill that coaching role. So he came down for the weekend when we were doing the um, online qualifier. And my parents knew how big of a deal it was for me, but they like didn't really know how to follow along. Um, and they didn't want to stress me out. So they were just talking to my brother-in-law nonstop about what was going on. Um, but yeah, they they came down to Madison for that. And I they both lost their voice screaming for me. So uh, they had a good time, I think. Yeah. And that, that would give them a, a good picture of what it's all about. Mm-hmm. Um, if they saw any of the other parts of the competition. 19, all of it was going on at the same time, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, we might have started one day after the like 150 individuals did, but uh, my okay. memory is foggy there. Yeah, yeah. It's there's been so many iterations. It's hard to figure out which which year was what. Still, mm-hmm. um, so then you you go to Atlas, you finish ninth, one spot out of the last chance qualifier. Would it would it have changed your perspective on how you felt you did? Had you finished eighth instead of ninth? Um, I don't think so. No, uh, I guess like starting day three, um, I was a bit bummed out already. Um, I feel like in that way, I was in a tough mental headspace, and I was kind of like, uh, like I'm just not ready this year. What good is a last chance qualifier? Anyways, looking back on it, definitely would have been good to get that experience in. Um, but no, I think I'd still be here sitting. Unless that unless that last chance went incredibly well, I think I'd sell the same outlook on the year. So then you you go to Can West, um, which a lot of athletes who didn't go to the games went to, and you got to compete against some pretty high level talent. Mm-hmm. You know Chandler Smith and James Sprague. Um, how was that competition for you? Where you ended up finishing fourth, but you got two event wins. Yeah. Um, a couple of reasons I was, yeah, definitely a good competition for me in terms of just again, learning. Um, but I, I just compared that to Atlas and I felt way more like myself there and not even to say it was much better of a, a finish for me. I mean, fourth in that field, obviously there were some really good people, but it wasn't like a full semi of athletes. So I didn't even think it was that much better of a finish, but I definitely felt better about it just in terms of how the workouts were. Um, and then also how some things went, I feel like at Atlas, I'd be middle of an event and be like, I've never felt like this before. Like what's going on? Um, like my head, I'm running thoughts through my head mid workout, which would just never happen in, in a training situation. And I feel like I was able to kind of find that better headspace at, um, at Can West there. Um, and then the other thing was just, um, kind of opened my eyes to like, people just have strengths and weaknesses in this sport like it's kind of unlike anything else you'll in like hockey or whatever other sport you'll get behind like 
two nothing in the first period and odds are that team's probably better than you whereas crossfit's a little bit different just the order of events means so much um like you could start the weekend with your two best events and then fall off or vice versa so kind of just those two event wins i was thinking like man no one can touch me in these but we go do something else and and that's someone else's event so it was kind of just interesting everything everyone has their strengths and weaknesses and it just for me about cleaning up those things that i'm not so good at but um yeah definitely kind of opened my eyes to it's doable like you have your things you just got to clean up the bad so i i read somewhere that you're 20 years old are you still 20 yes yeah oh okay so you you pretty much aged into this group during covid mm-hmm. and lost the opportunity to compete in person for much of that that stage how important is it for you just to get reps on a competition floor yeah, 100%. That's kind of what we're doing now. Um, I mean, like Atlas, I hadn't done a big comp and like since the 2019 game. So like pretty, pretty fresh there. Um, but yeah, that's kind of just what we what we thought, like we just got to learn to compete a little bit better. Um, so last year, I didn't do any big competitions during the year. And now I've already done Can West, Can East, and then Rogue coming up. Um, so those are three pretty good ones. Um, I'll probably take it a bit slower after that, kind of just get into some good training and then the opens right around the corner, but definitely there's something to be said about being a good competitor. So it was hard to watch stuff from can West because it wasn't streamed. Uh, it was, we tried to cover it as a media company and we watched a lot of IG lives. Mm -hmm. Um, but the moment in the, I think it was HWPO selection where you were going head to head with Chandler. Mm-hmm. How, how good was that for you to have that experience in a live competition? Yeah. Um, that was definitely a highlight of the weekend. Uh, especially that obviously that event being strong is a big part of it, but I was a little bit scared. Like the, the reps do add up there. And if it gets into like some sort of barbell cycling, more cardio type workout, then, you know, maybe that's not my, not my jam anymore. So, to be able to go into that. Um, and I remember just uh, on those workouts that I that I do really well on, um, there's something to be said just about the headspace you're in. And so, you know, or in the early rounds, um, if anyone doesn't know the workout, it was uh, an increasing weight of basically Macho Man on the clock. Um, in the early rounds, uh, those guys, I remember James and Chandler beside me would actually like finish before me. Um, but I remember just thinking, no, you're good. Like you're feeling fine. And then, uh, as those later rounds got on, I kind of just stayed smooth. Um, and then it kind of just came down to me and Chandler, which, um, I never met him before, but tremendous respect for the guy, um, meeting him super nice guy and then crazy athlete as well. So definitely something to look up to. Um, yeah. And then just coming down to that, choose your own weight section of that. Um, seeing that like, yeah, like I can beat these type of guys if you give me the right event. Uh, that was pretty cool. So that's an event that going in, you probably have very high expectations in. Mm-hmm. Your strength is through the roof. Do you get more nervous for those events or the ones that you are are not necessarily your strength? Um, I think I'm I'm in a better headspace for the ones that I think I'll do better at. Actually, um, I don't know. I just, I have confidence in, in what I can do in those type of events. And I feel like the ones that I'm maybe not so good at, I feel like there's more variance in how it could go. 
Um, and that kind of uncertainty, I guess, is what gives me gives me the nervousness. So um, I'd say the ones actually that I'm not so so um, made for would get me a bit more nervous. I think that's a great great headspace to be in at your age to have that confidence in what you can do. And as you get better at the other things, that should follow along. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm so super stoked about that. So I, I want to get into the road qualifier because I have, I have some very interesting questions there. You finished fourth, uh, pretty, pretty good field to finish fourth in first question. There was a lot of people who didn't read the instructions, right? Mm-hmm. Did you fall into any of that or did you escape without any of the video review stuff from rogue? Yeah, I was, I was all clean on all the, on all the events. I definitely gave a pretty solid uh, read through of everything. Um, it was a bit tedious with all the weights, but yeah, I just, I did what they said and it, it worked out fine for me. So. So the, the qualifier leaderboards um, a little bit hard to understand, but I think you finished third in event one, which was the thruster step up deadlift bar muscle up workout. Then wad two, that's where the surprise came in for me. Uh, The row handstand pushups you won. Yeah. Yeah. So when Um, we talked, when we talked before Atlas, you said one of your weaknesses were handstand pushups. However, your training partner was really good at them. So you didn't know if you were just worse than them or if you were really bad at them. Well, apparently you're not too bad at them. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing about uh, working out with someone who's probably the best in the world at a certain movement. I didn't feel overly good about myself in that regard. And then uh, last quarterfinals rolls around. There's that handstand push-up workout, and I, I knew how that kind of workout should feel. So, um, like I, I had confidence I could do everything unbroken, and then that turned into like a super high finish on the leaderboard. So I was saying, huh, like maybe, maybe I am okay at handstand push-ups. And then we go to Atlas. Uh oh, we froze up a little bit here. Oh, there oh. you go. You're coming back. Yeah, so just quarterfinals and an Atlas handstand push-up workouts uh, went super well. So a bit more confidence there. Um, and now I kind of like feel like, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty decent at them. Uh, and then that that workout actually was the only one I redid. Um, and so when I did it the first time, um, I was a bit too careful on the row. And then my handstand push-ups at the end didn't blow up, but had to take a couple breaks. Um, and then I submitted all my scores Sunday evening and I was looking at the leaderboard thing. Yeah, I don't think I have enough. Uh, so I went back to the gym that night. It was probably seven o'clock and, uh, that's the one I redid and I really just went for it. Um, like if you blow up, you blow up. So I ended up rowing 150 ish cows an hour faster. And then my handstand pushups were way faster too. They just, just a better day on those kind of things. So yeah, I ended up beating my score by, I think like a minute 10 or something there. Wow. Yeah. So then you go into the clean and jerk ladder, which I would have thought you would be like top three. Mm -hmm. Was it the toes to bar aspect of that? Yeah. Um, so I, I think I'm decent at gymnastics actually outside of toes to bar. I think that's maybe become my worst CrossFit movement. Um, I mean, that's all right. We've been, we've been really working on them. Uh, 
but yeah, it's actually more of just a grip limitation than a, than the toes to bar in general. I find on all the other gymnastics movements, I can kind of find a time to release my grip a little bit or just something about the kipping motions a little bit different. Um, but something about toes bar, yeah, my grip just blows up. So I had to end up breaking the sets of seven there and then just holding on to a barbell even got tough. So yeah, something we've been working on, but um, the the strength wasn't the issue on that workout. It was, it was that grip fatigue moving from toe to bar onto the bar. Is that an event you could see yourself trying again in the future to see how your improvement is? Um, maybe. I, I haven't done much of that. Um, I feel like repeating workouts for me, just I just assume I've gotten better, which is maybe a good thing and a bad thing. Um, like I said, riding that confidence, it really works for me. But um, but then again, if I, was, if I knew I was going to crush it and I could go and do it again, um, that probably would even help my confidence more. So uh, likely won't do it again in the near future, but who knows, maybe down the road. Um, then you go to wad four, you finish sixth and that's a front squat burpee shoulder to overhead. Uh, how did you feel about that to finish the weekend? Uh, yeah, I was pretty proud of that one. Um, very rarely in the past have I been able to kind of find a burpee pace and maintain it unless it's like some, some sprinty kind of workout. So I mean, that was nine minutes, so you kind of got to find your pace and hold it. And I was super happy with how I was able to do that. Honestly, looking at these workouts, um, went before uh, kind of the weekend started, I had no expectations of qualifying, just thought it'd be good to get little online competition experience in and then, you know, see where the cards fall, see where what we have to work on. Um, and then the workouts came out and I was even like, man, maybe I shouldn't even do these because these aren't home runs for me at all. Um, and then I just just did them and kind of one by one, I was like, man, these might be these might be going pretty well, actually. Um, and then, yeah, so finished out that fourth one. And then, like I said, redid that last one. So um, hope or I was super happy with with that one in particular. Um, the only one I was maybe like, oh, that could have gone a bit better was that toe to bar clean and jerk one. But yeah, just a grip thing to work on there. It's funny you say that because we Scott, we talked to Scott Tetlow as well. Yeah. And he said that he didn't even tell his wife he was doing them. He was just doing them for fun because just it was, they were workouts to do. And then mm -hmm. he's like, Oh my gosh, I'm doing so well. He had to tell her that he was doing the fourth one because he had to break a date with her yeah. and then, and explain to her that, that he may make it to Rogan. What a big deal that was. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can relate to that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Something about going in with uh, that no expectations headspace probably helps so yeah so now you've made it to rogue one of the premier events probably other than the crossfit games like the premier event because they only take the best of the best mm -hmm. how excited are you for the opportunity to get out on the floor with the best athletes in the sport to see where you're at yeah that's that's exactly it like uh, top 15 at the games so um yeah, like I said, best of the best is a type of experience I've never had before. Um, but I'm absolutely just going in to like make the most of it. Like I have no expectations on myself. I don't think anyone else really does either. Um, there are going to be some good events. I'm sure there are going to be some bad events. So I plan to just take away what I can and like be happy with the fact that I got the experience either way. So that's kind of my, my headspace going into it.
So typically rogue is a power output type event mm -hmm. because they want to feature their equipment, their stuff. And because it's combined with strongman, you get a little bit of strongman stuff in there too. Mm -hmm. um, have you watched the rogue invitational in the past? And do you know yeah. what you're kind of getting into? Yeah. Um, I think they're cool events. Um, like looking back on, on the programming, I think it'd be pretty good for me and pretty, pretty fun if I do say so myself. So hopefully it kind of stays like that. Um, but again, if there's something that, that totally throws me for a loop, that's not necessarily a bad thing in the grand scheme of things. Um, you know, the goal is to be as good as I can for the, like the next CrossFit season. So this will kind of help me out either way, but it would definitely be nice if there's some, some home runs in there for me too. And they are known for taking care of their athletes, um, really treating them well. You get a travel stipend to get there. That doesn't happen everywhere. As a young athlete, that probably helps tremendously. Mm -hmm. Yeah, huge. Especially like I'm full-time in school and that's definitely not cheap either. So um, to, to take time off of school to go and do these things, the last thing you want to be doing is uh, burning a hole in your pocket in that regard too. So <laughs> Um, it's already super stressful. They kind of have to step away from school. Classes are still going on. Um, but to kind of ease your mind on on the financial burden is is definitely nice and uh, just kind of speaks to how quality of a competition that Rogue's running here. And the swag is out of this world. It is at a games level. Um, I, I've told the other athletes I volunteered last year and I was in the area where they got fitted for boots, hats, uh, Go Ruck gave them a huge bag of stuff. How excited are you for the swag part of this whole thing? Yeah, I remember seeing that the uh, the cowboy boots and hats on on Instagram last year. I'm really hoping they do something like that again. That'd be pretty cool. Um, but I feel like that type of thing, at least for me, will never get old. Uh, just like getting all that new gear, it's always exciting, regardless of uh, the level you're at, I think. So yeah, I'm excited for that. So you talk about school, um, you're, you're majoring in systems design engineering. I actually just switched into biomedical engineering. So very similar first two. Well, years. that seems easier. Yeah. The switch, is, <laughs> the switch is pretty smooth, but, um, yeah, it just kind of allows me to combine my passion for anything like human body related, um, into engineering. So. And so that that's how you got into that major was it it just meshes the passion you have in life with fitness and the human body. How much has it helped you in preparation for different things? Um, so far, very, very little, I would say. Um, yeah, the first couple of years are kind of just general courses. So uh, in fourth year, I'm actually going to specialize in what they call sports engineering. And that there's a lot of like movement mechanics and, and things like that in there. So I could see that actually helping out. I mean, later on in, in CrossFit, uh, the one thing with school that is a bit surprising is just knowing that I'm doing something in terms of, um, not necessarily a plan B, but just like I'm, I'll be set for the future, regardless of what happens in CrossFit. Um, I think some people would see that it's like, Oh, you're not going like all in. Um, but I just see that as taking, taking a bit of weight off. Um, I'm still doing the same amount of training as I would if I had all day, I'm still in bed for nine hours. I'm still stretching. Um, I just don't get the time to maybe like relax and watch Netflix, which 
I don't know, maybe that's beneficial for performance in terms of just letting the mind go. But um, yeah, having that kind of backup plan, if you will, I think just makes training actually a bit easier. So uh, that's not to say after school that I'll never kind of put all my chips into CrossFit even for a little bit, but for the near future, that's, that's what I'm going for. What would happen if you qualify for the games? Would you ever take like a semester off to focus on that season? I yeah, know others have done that in the past. It's tough to say. Um, my program isn't very um, courteous of, of things going on like that. Um, like I can't do part-time. Uh, so I actually have, uh, I'm in a co-op program. So every other term is a co-op. Um, and those can kind of be more easily skipped. Um, and then it's also hard to say because I would qualify for the games during that same school term I'd be in um, for the games. So, you know, you'd, you'd kind of really have to have a lot of uh, confidence that, that it's going to happen there, which I don't know. I feel like it might be able to be done even with school going on. Yeah, I mean, people have gone to med school uh, yeah. and made the games. Exactly. Uh, so it definitely can be done. Mm -hmm. Um, you, you are, you're a coach. Are you coaching presently or is that just too much to add onto your plate? Um, just two hours a week right now. So very little. Yeah. Is that something you enjoy doing? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think I wouldn't want to do it like full time or anything, but, uh, it's definitely like a rewarding thing to just see kind of like members come in and really get better at something and, and walk away happy to get their workout in. So to facilitate that a little bit, yeah, it's a rewarding thing. With the way Canada has been representing at the CrossFit games, what kind of national pride do you have when you see all the names on the leaderboard with the Canadian flag now? Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, even just like growing up the, the Vellners and Fikowski's kind of, leading the way is someone to look up to and they're, they're still there today. So um, definitely pretty cool. Uh, and then you kind of just hope to get in there yourself, put another Canadian flag on, on the map. So. Yeah. Cause you have the, the Vino's, the Corones, uh, Adler, like it's, it's getting pretty stacked on the men's side. Yeah, absolutely. So feel that at Atlas a little bit, but um, you're going to have to beat them at some point in the season. So. It's funny you said growing up, the Vellners and the Fikowskis, like I started CrossFit in 2011 when it was the Lucas Parkers and mm -hmm. the Camille leblanc Bazinets, Yeah. Michelle Latone. So yeah, yeah I'm, a, I'm a little bit older. Yeah, that's fair enough. I've been watching, um, I think I've been watching since 2013, uh, but I really didn't get into it till into 15 or 16. So yeah, yeah. So I think you've already answered this question. You're going to slow down after Rogue. Um, so no Dubai, no Wadapalooza, not doing any of those qualifiers? No, 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 no. If I had gotten an invite to one of them, then maybe I'd think about it. But just to throw another qualifier in there right now wasn't worth it. Yeah, we my gym did one of the Wadapalooza qualifiers today as a workout. Um, yeah. Definitely underestimated it on paper. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah Water Blues always makes them tough uh, qualifier workouts. That's for sure. It was the uh, three 
hang power snatched, three overhead squat, 30 double under. Yeah. And then six, six, 30, nine, nine, 30. Yeah. We actually did that one just as like a, a throw down around here. So I did that one too. Yeah. It was a good, um, you went to proven this off season. You got yeah. a chance to go down there for a week, uh, train with, with those guys. What was that like for you? That was cool. Uh, we were actually just there for Saturday and Sunday. So just two days of training, but, um, some just really cool things, just kind of seeing how, um, <clears throat> like they operate all full-time athletes. So, you know, they got kind of nothing else to think about. They'd get there pretty early and, and stay pretty late um, and just take their time with things, which is interesting and cool to be a part of really for a weekend. Um, just like the the attention to each piece that they put in also was was pretty cool. Like it's kind of easy to just start checking things off, but it seemed like everything they did, they really had a good intention for on what they wanted to work on going in. And then obviously just great athletes. So surrounding yourself with, with those type of people is, is never hurts. So on a more like uh, 30,000 foot level, what have you learned most about yourself this season? Um, I don't know. I, I feel like, I feel like I've had some ups and downs just in terms of like having confidence in yourself. But I feel like in the last couple of months, I really found my groove in that regard. Like I, I feel like I have everything it takes. It's just a matter of putting in the work and, allowing that to kind of express itself. Um, so I'm just, I'm kind of just, just here for the work to be put in and um, accepting of like, however long it takes basically is, is the mindset I'm in now. And that's not something I could maybe say six, seven months ago. So that kind of leads to my next question. And I really want this podcast to be about you, but you have a training partner that has excelled ex at a very rapid rate. Mm-hmm. How hard is it for you to stay patient when you see ha that happening beside you? Um, if anything, I feel like it uh, it makes me feel closer than I am. Uh, like I see what she does every day. Um, and like no one was really expecting her to do as well as she did, but she definitely deserved to do that well. Like that, what we saw at the games is exactly the level that she has. So um, just to be surrounded by that every day, it kind of seems like not as crazy as it really, really is. Um, and then the other thing is just, um, yeah, it's just obviously people, especially from the teenage to the, to the open division, just go at different levels. But, uh, the thing I like to look at is I basically think of myself as just being a year behind her. Not that I think I'm going to be six at the games next year by any means, but, um, just like our quarterfinal and semifinal rankings, I basically just trailed her by a year. So um, she was ninth at Atlas last year. This year I was ninth. So so hopefully if I just keep making those jumps that, that she's been making, like that's good news for me. Yeah, I always was curious about that with like the Pancheck twins, right? You're working out with your brother every day and one of you make the games and the other one doesn't. Yeah. And, and like, what, what is that like? And, and does that put extra pressure on the training partner that didn't make it? Mm -hmm. Um, but you're still young and it's, it's kind of been shown that the male athlete takes a little bit longer to go from teen to open division than it, than it does for the females. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's definitely so, 
I yeah. think you're on track. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, um, like, obviously I made the games in 2019. Uh, it's now 2022. I really don't feel like I've been, I was, I've only been training at like trying to make the games level for probably just under two years. Like I'm the teenage games. It's just like, like, yeah, I spent two hours in the gym every day after school and I can make the games, but um, it's just a whole nother level of commitment and dedication to like be training at that level to make the games in the open division. And I feel like it hasn't been since I started with my coach now that like, I've really been putting in the work. So um, even like age wise, some people are already doing it my age, but I feel like I'm, I like still haven't paid my time basically. And who is your coach? Uh, Josh Woolley. Okay. Yeah. And, and is, is he newer to the sport? Cause it's not a name I know, but that yeah. doesn't mean anything. He could have been doing this behind the scenes for a while. Um, I mean, I feel like, like back in the day he was kind of trying to be the athlete, uh, like, you know, just like throwing down kind of locally and then, uh, kind of made that switch. Uh, he kind of was the one that got Emma into competing, um, into CrossFit. Uh, so yeah, like he's obviously, he knows a lot about CrossFit and he's been coaching her for the past like four, three, two, three years, maybe, uh, actually maybe three or four. So he definitely knows this stuff now. Um, I have full faith in him and that's, I mean, he's not super like well-established. Like he's never coached athletes at the games before Emma. So sure. Call it what you want, but he definitely knows this stuff and, um, history has shown that he knows what he's doing. So, yeah. Yeah. Coaching the two of you, you're, I mean, you're doing really well at mm-hmm. a very young age. He's, he's doing something right. Yeah. Absolutely. And, um, and he probably needs more kudos than he's getting right now. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think, I think uh, he'll just continue to like build a name for himself over the next couple of years and soon enough, he'll be like, like the coach to have. So, yeah. So how did, how did you get connected? Did you know Emma before you started training there or did you guys just start training together and that's how you guys met in the whole. Yeah. So I used to live like, an hour away from where I do now. Um, and then, yeah, just, you kind of know the CrossFit people like in the general area of you, especially like the more competitive people. Uh, we did a competition together, uh, in 2019, uh, just after the games. And then, um, when I was looking at like schools to go to there's one here, um, and it had everything I needed. So, uh, it was kind of a double whammy, like going to school, but then this gym with all these great athletes, like Emma's there, but uh, both the owners are very, very good. And then there's also a couple other kind of more competitive members. So uh, I thought that was kind of like half the reason that I ended up choosing the school I did was to, was to train there. And it seems to be working out great Yeah, in all aspects of your life. Yeah. You definitely can't just, uh, go into every gym and have them be like as accommodating to an athlete as you kind of need them to be to, to excel. So yeah, definitely a good spot. I'm in. And the gym is very open to your school schedule and, and all of that. Yeah. I'm able to go in kind of in like some off hours. Um, yeah. It's kind of, you don't want to take up the whole gym when their class is going on, obviously. So I kind of try to 
avoid that time as much as possible. But yeah, they're super accommodating. So I have to ask, it's been, it's been gnawing at me the whole time. You have a poster behind you of a dog in an astronaut suit. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I just like some, uh, some good artwork on the wall. That's actually like the Dogecoin crypto, uh, symbol, but I just, I just like some good artwork. I have some, uh, some drawings here from, um, my nieces as well. So just put some artwork on Very the wall. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a different picture and I had to ask. Yeah, absolutely. So who all is going with you to rogue are you taking family with you sadly not no my parents are dying to come but they kind of just couldn't make it work and it's like a pretty pretty hefty trip there too so um yeah no one in my immediately fa immediate family will be coming uh i'm just gonna kind of bunk with our coach there and um all my family will just be watching from back here well you gotta grab somebody to help you carry your swag i'm telling you yeah, absolutely. You won't definitely. be able to do it yourself. Definitely checking a bag. So, yeah. So, how early are you getting there? Uh, we're going to leave on the Tuesday, a pretty early flight. So, basically, have all of Tuesday or a fair chunk of Tuesday there. Wednesday, we'll be check in and then uh, get started for the weekend after that. Very cool. Yeah. Well, we're going to do uh, live shows uh, covering the event. Uh, if if you could, we'd love for you to jump on and give us like some play-by-play -play as to what's going on. Um, having volunteered with them for every year until this year, um, there's a lot of downtime because of the strongman events. Mm -hmm. We only really get two events a day right? Uh, with a lot of breaks. So if you have time, we'll shoot you a message and see if we can get you on and see how you're doing and how it's going for you. Sounds good. All right. Well, Jack, thank you so much for jumping on with me. It's been a joy to catch up with you, and I can't wait to see what you do next season. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for joining Clydesdale Media for today's episode. If you like what you hear, hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, and make sure you hit the notifier so you're the first to know when new episodes are out. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time with Clydesdale Media.